This is section 41 of More Newspaper Articles by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Californian, October 22, 1864. Whereas. Read by John Greenman. Love's Bakery. I am satisfied I have found the place now that I have been looking for all this time. I cannot describe to you the sensation of mingled astonishment, gladness, hope, doubt, anxiety, and balmy blissful emotion that suffused my being and quivered in a succession of streaky thrills down my backbone as I stood on the corner of Third and Minna Streets last Tuesday and stared spellbound at those extraordinary words painted in large plain letters on a neighboring window curtain love's bakery god bless my soul said i will wonders never cease are there to be no limits to man's spirit of invention is he to invade the very realms of the immortal and presume to guide and control the great passions the impalpable essences that have hitherto dwelt in the secret chambers of the soul sacred from all save divine intrusion i read and re-read the remarkable sign with constantly increasing wonder and interest there was nothing extraordinary in the appearance of the establishment and even if it had possessed anything of a supernatural air it must necessarily have been neutralized by the worldly and substantial look of a pyramid of excellent bread that stood in the window a sign very inconsistent it seemed to me with the character of a place devoted to the high and holy employment of instilling the passion of love into the human heart although it was certainly in keeping with the atrocious taste which was capable of conferring upon a vice-royalty of heaven itself such an execrable name as love's bakery why not love's bower or temple of love or the palace of cupid anything anything in the world would have been less repulsive than such hideous vulgarity of nomenclature as love's bakery the place seemed very complete and well supplied with every facility for carrying on the business of creating love successfully in a window of the second story was a large tin cage with a parrot in it and near it was a sign bearing the inscription preparatory school for young ladies that is of course a school where they are taught certain things necessary to prepare them for the bakery down below not far off is also a preparatory school for young gentlemen which is doubtless connected with love's bakery too i saw none of the pupils of either of the schools but my imagination dwelt upon them with a deep and friendly interest how irksome i thought must this course of instruction be to these tender hearts so impatient to be baked into a state of perfect love greatly moved by the singular circumstances which surrounded me i fell into a profound and pleasing reverie here i thought they take a couple of hopeful hearts in the rough and work them up with spices and shortening and sweetening enough to last for a lifetime and turn them out well kneaded together baked to a turn and ready for matrimony 
and without having been obliged to undergo a long and harrowing courtship with the desperate chances attendant thereon of persevering rivals unwilling parents inevitable love quarrels and all that sort of thing here i thought they will bake you up a couple in moderate circumstances at short notice and at a cheap rate and turn them out in good enough shape for the money perhaps but nevertheless burnt with the fire of jealousy on one side and flabby and duffy with the lukewarmness and indifference on the other and spotted all over with the celeritous stains of a predisposition to make the conjugal cake bitter and unpalatable for all time to come or they will take an excessively patrician pair charge them a dozen prices and deliver them to order in a week all plastered over with the ghostly vines and flowers of blighted fancies hopes and yearnings wrought in chilly ice-work or perhaps they will take a brace of youthful tender hearts and dish them up in no time into crisp delicate lady fingers tempting to contemplate and suggestive of that serene after-dinner happiness and sociability that come when the gross substantials have been swept from the board and are forgotten in soft dalliance with pastry and ices and sparkling moselle or maybe they will take two flinty old hearts that have harbored selfishness envy and all uncharitableness in solitude for half a century and after a fortnight's roasting turn them out the hardest kind of hard tack invulnerable to all softening influences for evermore here was a revolution far more extended and destined to be attended by more momentous consequences to the nations of the earth than any ever projected or accomplished by the greatest of the world's military heroes love the master passion of the human heart which since the morning of the creation had shaped the destinies of emperors and beggars alike and had ruled all men as with a rod of iron was to be hurled from the seat of power in a single instant as it were and brought into subjection to the will of an inspired and sublimely gifted baker by some mysterious magic by some strange and awful invention the divine emotion was to be confined within set bounds and limits controlled weighed measured and doled out to god's creatures in quantities and qualities to suit the purchaser like vulgar beer and candles and in times to come i thought the afflicted lover instead of reading houston and hastings omnipresent sign and gathering no comfort from it will read go to love's bakery on the dead walls and telegraph poles and be saved now i might never have published to the world my discovery of this manufactory of the human affections in a populous thoroughfare of san francisco if it had not occurred to me that some account of it would serve as a peculiarly fitting introductory to a story of love and misfortune which it falls to my lot to relate and yet even love's bakery could afford no help to the sufferers of whom i shall speak for they do not lack affection for each other but are the victims of an accumulation of distressing circumstances 
against which the efforts of that august agent would be powerless the facts in the following case came to me by letter from a young lady who lives in the beautiful city of san jose she is perfectly unknown to me and simply signs herself aurelia maria which may possibly be a fictitious name but no matter the poor girl is almost heartbroken by the misfortunes she has undergone and so confused by the conflicting counsels of misguided friends and insidious enemies that she does not know what course to pursue in order to extricate herself from the web of difficulties in which she seems almost hopelessly involved in this dilemma she turns to me for help and supplicates for my guidance and instruction with a moving eloquence that would touch the heart of a statue hear her sad story she says that when she was sixteen years old she met and loved with all the devotion of a passionate nature a young man from new jersey named williamson breckenridge caruthers who was some six years her senior they were engaged with the free consent of their friends and relatives and for a time it seemed as if their career was destined to be characterized by an immunity from sorrow beyond the usual lot of humanity but at last the tide of fortune turned young caruthers became infected with smallpox of the most virulent type and when he recovered from his illness his face was pitted like a waffle mold and his comeliness gone forever aurelia thought to break off the engagement at first but pity for her unfortunate lover caused her to postpone the marriage day for a season and give him another trial the very day before the wedding was to have taken place breckenridge while absorbed in watching the flight of a balloon walked into a well and fractured one of his legs and it had to be taken off above the knee again aurelia was moved to break the engagement but again love triumphed and she set the day forward and gave him another chance to reform and again misfortune overtook the unhappy youth he lost one arm by the premature discharge of a fourth of july cannon and within three months he got the other pulled out by a carding machine aurelia's heart was almost crushed by these latter calamities she could not but be deeply grieved to see her lover passing from her by piecemeal feeling as she did that he could not last for ever under this disastrous process of reduction yet knowing of no way to stop its dreadful career and in her tearful despair she almost regretted like brokers who hold on and lose that she had not taken him at first before he had suffered such an alarming depreciation still her brave soul bore her up and she resolved to bear with her friend's unnatural disposition yet a little longer again the wedding day approached and again disappointment overshadowed it caruthers fell ill with erysipelas and lost the use of one of his eyes entirely the friends and relatives of the bride considering that she had already put up with more than could reasonably be expected of her now came forward and insisted that the match should be broken off but after wavering a while aurelia with a generous spirit which did her credit said she had reflected calmly upon the matter and could not discover that breckenridge was to blame so she extended the time once more and he broke his other leg 
it was a sad day for the poor girl when she saw the surgeons reverently bearing away the sack whose uses she had learned by previous experience and her heart told her the bitter truth that some more of her lover was gone she felt that the field of her affections was growing more and more circumscribed every day but once more she frowned down her relatives and renewed her betrothal shortly before the time set for the nuptials another disaster occurred there was but one man scalped by the owens river indians last year that man was williamson breckinridge caruthers of new jersey he was hurrying home with happiness in his heart when he lost his hair forever and in that hour of bitterness he almost cursed the mistaken mercy that had spared his head at last aurelia is in serious perplexity as to what she ought to do she still loves her breckenridge she writes with truly womanly feeling she still loves what is left of him but her parents are bitterly opposed to the match because he has no property and is disabled from working and she has not sufficient means to support both comfortably now what should she do she asks with painful and anxious solicitude it is a delicate question it is one which involves the lifelong happiness of a woman and that of nearly two-thirds of a man and i feel that it would be assuming too great a responsibility to do more than make a mere suggestion in the case how would it do to build to him if aurelia can afford the expense let her furnish her mutilated lover with wooden arms and wooden legs and a glass eye and a wig and give him another show give him ninety days without grace and if he does not break his neck in the meantime marry him and take the chances it does not seem to me that there is much risk anyway aurelia because if he sticks to his singular propensity for damaging himself every time he sees a good opportunity his next experiment is bound to finish him and then you are safe married or single if married the wooden legs and such other valuables as he may possess revert to the widow and you see you sustain no actual loss save the cherished fragment of a noble but most unfortunate husband who honestly strove to do right but whose extraordinary instincts were against him try it maria i have thought the matter over carefully and well and it is the only chance i see for you it would have been a happy conceit on the part of caruthers if he had started with his neck and broken that first but since he has seen fit to choose a different policy and string himself out as long as possible i do not think we ought to upbraid him for it if he has enjoyed it we must do the best we can under the circumstances and try not to feel exasperated at him end of the californian october twenty second eighteen sixty four read by john greenman